As a reminder, the following podcast is an inclusive space for sex and sexuality where we talk about adult themes, sexual content, and may use some strong language. Today's trigger warning is, in this episode, we discuss mental health, homophobia, self-harm, and suicide ideation, non-consensual kinks, and religious topics. Please listen with care. Welcome to today's episode of My Other Boyfriend is a Vibrator, where we have a no kinks limited mentality to sex and erotica, and absolutely no topic is too taboo to discuss. My name is Hallie Catherine. I'm a sex positivity advocate, self-published author, and erotica enthusiast who's in a polyamorous relationship with my favorite sex toy. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of My Other Boyfriend is a Vibrator. I am very excited to sit down with Tiffany Yelverton of Entice Me. She is the chief sexinista of Entice Me Soirees Incorporated, and she's based in Long Beach, California. Thank you so much for being here today, Tiffany. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm excited about this. Me too. A, we're very passionate about sex toys, and I had a lot of fun looking at your website. And B, I also just think it'll be incredibly interesting to hear your perspective on it. So, but of course, before we get into that, we have to ask the three questions that we ask everybody. First up, your favorite sex toy or kink, doesn't matter if it's you've tried it or just you want to try it, or you like to see it in, you know, the media and the books. My favorite sex toy is the Lalo Enigma. I haven't tried that one, but I do like their stuff Mm -hmm. in general. I want to try, they have a new one that just came out that's like a partnered one that's like meant to be used during. I keep seeing it everywhere. And that one is top of my list for like, I want to get that and try that. looks amazing. Yes. They've had several versions of that and it's one of our top selling products. It's amazing because it gives you clitoral stimulation, Mm -hmm. which every woman needs to pretty much have an orgasm. Yeah, well, I've heard they've retooled it now. And so it also works on the man too, or the partner, depending on who you're with, and that it works during penetration. So like, I've seen a couple of the other versions of it. So I'm really interested in seeing and trying out the new one, just because, you know, I haven't really had a lot of good experience with like penetration based ones, right? They've just kind of, eh, you know, they don't really stay in place. So they just, they're a little awkward. So, but I think that one will be fun to try. Okay, so take me through how you got started doing what you do. You know, I had been in a narcissistic relationship and I thought that I wanted more sex, but I realized that I wanted better sex and that as women, there's really a lack of education about pleasure and anything that has to do with female pleasure in sex education, in the media, it's all based on more of that there's going to be consequences and we don't ever learn about pleasure. So once I had figured that out and learned about my body and learned, taught myself how to have an orgasm, I was like, why don't we teach every single woman in the world this? Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I think one of the things we're becoming more aware of, you know, in 2022 is, you know, what we're calling the orgasm gap, right? The number of women that just don't 
actually have either never had an orgasm or have never experienced like a a real orgasm at the end of the day, you know, that's such a low number. It's only like 40% of women. And that just absolutely astounds me how unequal that is compared to men, which is closer to about 70%. So, you know, I think that it is very important to, you know, embrace that and learn how your body works in that way. So our last question that we have for you to kind of start us out here, your biggest pet peeve about how women are represented with regards to modern sex. My biggest pet peeve, there's so many, but I would say when I was thinking about this question is that orgasms happen from spontaneous. They just happen when there's penetration after zero foreplay and a few kisses and you have this amazing orgasm as soon as the penis enters you. I'll one up that one with like the ones where you see them come like 30 times in like the span of like five minutes. Like even if somebody is a multi-orgasmer, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't. It can. It can. It can, but most women don't Mm -hmm. orgasm from penetration alone unless they really have taken my course and turned their bodies and their minds. But most like I call it Hollywood sex. Yes. Everybody thinks that that's what the goal is, but that really doesn't happen usually. I agree. I also think the porn industry has largely led to the mentality of like that, that like it's, you know, there's like squirting and waterworks and all this kind of stuff that goes into that. And like, she'll do it like 15 times in 30 seconds. And, you know, obviously it's just as over the top as any other type of media is, right? It's all a fantasy at the end of the day. Yeah, and most women don't want somebody to come on their face. (laughs) No, (laughs) not at all. So tell me, Tiffany, what makes you so passionate about sex toys? That they change the game. They really make sex exciting every single time. We don't eat the same food every day, so why would we have the same sex every day? And sex toys can, one, teach women how to have pleasure in their own bodies without being reliant on someone else. They can make couple, bring couples closer together. They can close that orgasm gap and that pleasure gap because women can, you know, have an orgasm with their partner. If they use a toy, it makes it really helpful. One of the reasons that I started Entice Me With Sex Toys is because I found out that chemicals that were outlawed in children's toys aren't outlawed in adult toys, and we put those in the most absorbent parts of our body. That is absolutely astounds me completely that there's no amount of regulation around that. I mean, if we care, you know, with kids because they're putting it in their mouth, I mean, we do even more intimate things with a lot of our stuff compared to small children. Yes. So It's terrifying mm-hmm. what is allowed in products and even in personal care products. Yeah. So that was one thing that I did notice about your brand is that you have a very heavy focus on, you know, medical grade, human grade, safe grade, you know, silicones and, and plastics and products and stuff like that. And I do think that it is really hard to find, you know, products that, you know, meet that specification that there is some kind of a standard around that. So how did you get started on kind of, you know, because we have this large plethora, right? There's so many options when it comes to sex toy. How did you actually like 
determine your standards to figure out what would actually be safe, what you wanted to present and offer as a part of your brand, you know, so that you could help educate your consumers who come to you on how to find actually safe products and toys. Well, I've curated the line so that it's all body safe and toxic. I probably have the strictest standards I know of any home party company, but also of pretty much any retailer in the country. There are one or two other retailers that are on the same par as I am. I did a lot of research because when I saw my toys changing color on each other in a box, I thought that's doing that in my body as well. And so I looked at some very well-respected retailers and what the products that I had purchased in the past that were good versus the ones that were changing colors Mm -hmm. and putting dyes onto other things. And I really vetted those manufacturers. I just called up the manufacturers and talked to them about their processes Mm -hmm. and picked several manufacturers that I knew I could really trust. I try to do U.S. manufacturers small businesses, if possible, women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, Mm -hmm. because it makes a difference. Yeah. So what's been one of the biggest challenges about opening up Entice Me and bringing this type of a product with a little bit more awareness of that kind of need to women? When I started 11 years ago, I was told by so many, mostly men, that I could never sell only body-safe products and make a profit that you had to sell the products that were marked up 500 times if you wanted to make have a business. And the industry has shifted. Mm-hmm. I used to be the only woman dressed up at our conferences and at our trade shows and talking about these things with a handful of manufacturers. And now it is a focus. There are some laws that are trying to be passed to regulate the industry. And we'll see where that goes, but it is important. We put these things in our body. Why do you think there has been a lack of regulation so far? Because it's society wants to make money, capitalism, and no one's ever really cared or pushed back against it in the past. You know, sex toys were the dirty little secret that you got at shop that most of us would never want to go into. And now sex toys, when we're talking about the pleasure gap, are women made? They're made for women by women instead of just what guys think that women want in mm-hmm. a sex toy. You know, they're not phallic. And you asked earlier about like what my criteria is. It has to be medical grade. It has to be beautiful. It has to be sexy. Mm-hmm. And it has to have at least a one-year warranty. Mm. And I vet the manufacturers to make sure that they have control of their raw materials to their end product because in a lot of the manufacturing processes, if they don't own the factories, then they can be putting anything in the products and put it on the label that it's 100% silicone and it doesn't have to have any silicone. I mean, so obviously we know there's like a ton of big box retailers out there that, you know, offer, you know, products like this. And that at the end of the day, right, they say, right, that they might be, you know, vetting these kinds of things that they might be approving those kinds of things. So let's say if I was going to shop at, you know, Adam and Eve, how could I know by looking at packaging that what I was getting was actually safe for my body? There are brands that I would suggest Mm -hmm. that you look at and don't deviate from those brands. Mm -hmm. 
So it's just about education and educating yourself. Because the label can say anything and it doesn't have to be true at all because it's a novelty product. What means it should sit on a shelf and you don't use it. So I see that all the time, right? Because obviously one of the big components of my other boyfriend is a vibrator is we do, you know, vibrator reviews and stuff like that. So, and I do, that's one of the things that I've noticed a lot when I am shopping and I find new brands that are offering it, like, especially because I do see like there's a bigger trend with like non, you know, sex positive stores offering those types of products, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and I have noticed every single time they'll, it's not uncommon for them to refer to them as novelty. Can you explain to me like what that means? It just means it's the way to skirt the laws that it doesn't have a use. So it can just be made of whatever, you know, anytime that you open up a product and it has a scent, Mm -hmm. that's a off gassing. And so that's a big red flag that it's made out of something that you don't want to put in your Mm -hmm. body. Okay. So now I have to go home and smell all of my sex toys to make sure none of them smell. Like I would say I try to be pretty aware of it, but I mean, as we know, these things do get really expensive and especially for, you know, younger girls or, you know, women who are, you know, starting out and maybe don't have as much of a collection you know, I think, you know, it's harder when you have less of a budget to 100% know what it is exactly you're getting, because normally if they're cutting costs, they are cutting corners in some way. And it may be in packaging, or it may be in the plastics at the end of the day. You know, I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, you can really only kind of try at that stuff, and then just be aware of like, what the toy is actually doing while it's sitting there. Well, that and shopping at a retailer Mm -hmm. that you know has processes in place. I don't bring anything on unless I get the product, flame test it, bleach it, boil it, do everything to see that it's not going to change any color. Mm -hmm. You know, we put them in the dishwasher, we put them in the washing machine. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that they're not going to cause any harm in your body. Yeah. Well, that's awesome that you're getting all, you know, chemistry experiment there with that. So I don't think I've ever even attempted. I mean, like, I feel like one person told me one time, like, never stick your vibrator in the washing machine. So I've just never done it. The dishwasher. So I've just never done it. But I guess maybe I should be to see if it's like really actually good plastic for myself, maybe. Well, anything with electronic Mm -hmm. components in a vibrator, you don't want to necessarily put in a dishwasher or washing machine, but anything that's non-robotic, we do run through just to test the silicone. But you can just, if you light silicone on fire with a lighter, Mm -hmm. it will not melt or it just will get a little bit of black residue from the flame, but it will not have any, it won't be disturbed at all. And that you can tell it's 100% 100 platinum silicone. silicone. Okay. Well, so I would love to talk a little bit more about Entice Me and really what inspired you to start your business. So I know you've been open for a while and you came on the industry, you know, in a lot of ways before, you know, there were a lot of women driving this and stuff like that. You were a little bit earlier pioneer. So tell me what that experience was like for you. It definitely has been challenging at times. It's also exciting to be pioneer, so to say, I like to figure things out as I go and to just say, yes, we're going to try this and get to the points that it needs to be. And business shifts and you have to be flexible and know that 
nothing's ever set in stone. And, you know, if anything, we've learned that in the last couple of years that we have to be flexible. But I really believe that we need to start talking about sex. We need to be able to have those conversations with our partners and our friends. And it shouldn't be shameful. And if you can't talk about it, you shouldn't probably be doing it because communication makes sex so much better and you'll get so much more out of it. And I just want women to have the orgasms that they've always dreamed of because I know it's so powerful that it will change the power dynamic in the world when women own their sexual power. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what inspired you specifically to start, you know, this, because a main component of Entice Me is obviously these parties. And I know they were, you know, these parties, you know, kind of came in popularity in the 90s and aughts and stuff like that. So what inspired you to go with this kind of business model when you were looking at education and going out and speaking to women? I went to a competitor's party. Mm-hmm. I was with one of my coworkers. I was actually her boss. And I was so uncomfortable. And being a very sex positive, very open person, I was like, if I feel this way, then mm-hmm. other women like me are going to feel this way. And it needs to be different. It needs to be changed. We need to be able to talk about sex and pleasure and have toys but not being like he 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 and just really crass and mm-hmm. kind of dirty. Like it was just perpetuating the stereotype. Yeah. And so at that moment, I really was like, this can be done so much better. Women in little black dresses and pearls. And we're like your next door best friend. And let's talk about the things that we need to do because a lot of women, and I know that I've, felt this myself. Every woman I talked to, we all think that we're going through something all alone. And Mm -hmm. then when you start to open up the conversation, everybody's like, oh, I get that too. Or I felt that too. And oh, that's an issue with me too. And so that's why I wanted to do go to women where they are in their homes. Mm -hmm. And I do couples and men as well. But, you know, go to where women are comfortable. They're comfortable having home parties, candle parties, wine parties, Mary Kay parties. And having a conversation mm-hmm. and opening up that conversation and having fun, but also really talking about the issues that we all have and how we can change those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's one of the things like, cause I have been, you know, to the parties myself in the past. And I think that's one of the things that really, you know, inspired me with, you know, my brand personally is the innate shame that we see in culture around the way we talk about sex. Like I can't tell you how many friends I have that like, listen to the podcast and they're just like, oh, well, I can't, you know, do that where somebody might hear. And I'm like, why? It's like, it's not that bad. It's mostly an intellectual conversation about sex. Like we talk about some dirty stuff, but for the most part, it's just like, what inspired you? Why are you passionate about helping women have better sex? You shouldn't be ashamed of that necessarily, you know, to listen to something like that. But it does astound me how even in this day and age, a lot of women, even younger women are still, so uncomfortable talking about that because either maybe their mothers or their grandmothers or, you know, just family dynamics of, you know, we don't talk about that. That's for the bedroom. That's something that's, you know, solo or it's with your partner and, you know, it's not meant to be, you know, embraced and loved, you know, and be out there about it. So, you know, I'd love to talk a little bit more about, you know, sex toys, of course. I know we've largely seen a lot of creators and brands, you know, coming out against 
you know, one of the big box retailers that is a common purveyor of cheap toys that are unsafe for our bodies, Amazon. Can you explain to me a little bit more why we don't want to be buying our vibrators from Amazon? Yes. First of all, all the reputable manufacturers, mm-hmm. we all us reputable retailers sign an agreement that we will not sell on third-party websites, which is Amazon, eBay, things like that. So if you are buying a product on there, say you're buying a Lalo product, there's a 99% chance it's a counterfeit Mm -hmm. because they police it all the time. And so just the large number of counterfeited products that are on Amazon is the first thing. The second thing is when you return things to Amazon, if it has a certain barcode, it goes into a bin Mm-hmm. And they resell those things sometimes. <gasps> so you could be, I've heard stories of people getting used vibrators. <gasps> Tiffany. Oh no. Wait. What? Ew. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. And oh, you're no. giving money to a corporation that doesn't pay any mm-hmm. corporate taxes yeah. and it's big people, you know, it's a big business instead of supporting local small businesses. I agree completely. I mean, I do think it's, you know, great to look for small brands and, you know, the business owners that really care about what they're putting out there. But, you know, I do think one of the big arguments that I've seen is, you know, as us, right, women that obviously can afford, right, a non-counterfeit Lilo at the end of the day, right? Does that put us in any kind of position of privilege over, you know, maybe younger women who aren't as established in their career and maybe can't afford to go outside of, you know, your Walmarts or your Targets or your Amazons to look for things like that? Well, Target is carrying some good brands. Sephora just brought on Dame, Hmm. their Dame products. There's Nordstrom carries Crave and Dame, I believe, you know, so, you know, we all have a thousand dollar cell phone in our pocket. So I think people spend the money on what they want to spend on it Mm -hmm. on, you know, so it. So we should definitely be investing in our vibrators at the end of the day. Our vibrator is much more important than your phone. If you're not going to buy the discount phone, don't buy the discount vibrator. Right. (laughs) And, you know, we have products on our website from $15 to three, $400. So there is something for everyone and we have a chat line. So if you're looking to spend less or we have an under $100 category, you can look on there and see what you can find. They can chat with us and it's not like they're chatting with someone overseas or in another country. They're getting me or my assistant when they're chatting with us. You know, obviously... One of the big things that we've been hearing more and more is around like competition in the bedroom, right? Like a lot of guys have come out, they're not comfortable with sex toys, especially partners that don't, you know, that are, you know, either overly sex toy positive or, you know, they need that kind of stimulation in order to come at the end of the day, right? You know, what would you say to somebody who is hesitant about opening up with, you know, that kind of play with their partner? That to realize that it's not a competition, that it's completely different. A vibrator is never going to really replace a human being. Sex is a basic need Mm -hmm. and intimacy is a basic need. And to make it pleasurable for both people, sometimes we need to add accoutrements to that. Just like you add hot sauce to your food, 
that's not a competition to the chef. It's just you like a different taste. Mm -hmm. And just really looking at, you know, it takes men two minutes to get aroused and ready for an orgasm. It takes women an average of 24 minutes. So use a sex toy and some arousal gels and things like that. That's going to close that gap. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, I think partners who really want to please their partner really don't see them as a competition. You know, if you look at some men need to wear a cock ring to stay hard the whole time, that's not a competition to me. Mm-hmm. It's just our bodies. And sometimes we need more and make it different. You know, whether it's a kink or a sex toy, change it up. You don't. if you do the same thing over and over again, it's going to get really boring. I mean, so I would love to get your perspective, right, on, you know, as a little bit more of an expert, right, you know, is there room, you know, for sex toys as a way to either help or assist in situations like, you know, with erectile dysfunction, or maybe, you know, if women are struggling to get, you know, into it and stuff like that, what types of sex toys should we be looking for, right? You know, what's going to help us the best to kind of get over that finish line? Well, it starts with training your body. So I always start everyone with pelvic floor. Mm-hmm more devices to strengthen the tone, the pelvic floor for men and women that helps with erectile dysfunction as well as orgasms and control and for both, both all genders. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I work with a lot of couples who with the men are experienced erectile dysfunction and they can wear a strap on, they can, you know, there's a new product called Baldo where they can make their balls into a penis kind of device. And oh, I saw so that. <laughs> it looks like a rocket a ship. Bizarre, but whatever, you know, mm-hmm. if it creates intimacy between two people, then it shouldn't be shameful. If, you know, if I can have an orgasm in two minutes and it takes my partner longer, that doesn't mean that it's going to stop then. Like we're still going to, figure something out, whether it's a hand job or I use a sleeve on him or something like that to get him there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And that it just know that it just makes everything better. It just is an addition to what you're already doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Tiffany, I'd really love to talk about some of the medical side and some of the benefits. Cause I know you have mentioned specifically, you know, your medical background is, you know, what informed your decisions around, you know, making entice me what you've made it. You know, so I thought it'd be a little fun to, you know, talk about some of the basic healthy benefits around it. So first of all, I think the answer is obvious here, but is masturbation healthy? Yes, (laughs) it is probably the best thing that you can do for self-care. When we have an orgasm ourselves, instead of the oxytocin creating a bond, an emotional bond with someone else, that oxytocin and all the neurochemicals circulate through your own body and create self-love. It's been proven that it helps women with body image issues, confidence outside of the bedroom. You know, I believe that if we close the orgasm gap, we will also close the gender wage gap because men masturbate about 23% more than women. And we've got a 21 cent deficit on pay grade. So Men know that sex is power, and I recommend every woman having an orgasm 
at least before you go into a salary negotiation, into a sales conversation, before you do a podcast, go on stage, whatever it is, because you're going to come across a whole lot different. I mean, it definitely like my mom's a counselor. So I've long heard all of the mental health benefits, you know, around, you know, orgasms, masturbation, all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, one of the questions that I tend to get a lot, which genuinely does surprise me is, is there such thing as too much masturbation? If it's derailing your life, then (laughs) you're not leaving the house because you're masturbating that much. That could be seen as a problem. I mean, unless it's the pandemic and you couldn't leave your house anyway, then go for it. (laughs) You know, I work from home and Mm -hmm. we get it in quite a few times a day. (laughs) So as long as it's Mm -hmm. not affecting other areas of your life in a negative way, then no. I mean... I have clients that have chronic pain and are bedridden and they have three or four orgasms a day. And that's how they manage their really severe fibromyalgia, how they manage their depression. Mm -hmm. It's a natural pain reliever. So, Mm -hmm. so we talk a lot about the mental health benefits of it, right? But it does sound like there are like physical benefits, you know, medically. So can you obviously pain relief? You just mentioned that. Are there other ones out there? Oh, there's a ton. So Cardiovascular health is one of the biggest benefits. Mm-hmm. Orgasms relieve stress. They, in turn, then can cut down on heart disease by 50%. Heart disease is a top killer for women. And think about like all the diseases that are caused by stress. You know, you're getting blood flow, you're getting cardio exercises. And so you're strengthening your heart and your immune system. It's very good for migraines. Your skin looks better. Yeah. You know, sleep, mood. (laughs) Anxiety. They just go on and on. And for men too, prostate health is a big one. The studies have shown that if men have 21 or more orgasms a month, it can cut down on prostate cancer by up to 30%. So that would be one almost every single day. Yes. Mm, Okay. Women should masturbate at least once a day too then, I guess. Oh, yes. (laughs) May West said it back in the day, you know, an orgasm day keeps the doctor away. (laughs) It really does. I mean, it's definitely a new take on instead of the apple, you know, just, you know, enjoy your orgasm for the day. So, okay. So, oh, this is one that one of our listeners said in to us, right? Is it normal to ejaculate without even getting horny? Yes. So we tend to think of orgasms and ejaculation as one bodily function because that's Mm -hmm. what we usually see from men is an orgasm and ejaculation but they're two separate bodily functions and so you don't have to even be aroused to ejaculate especially as a woman and men can do it also so then is the reverse true it's you can orgasm you know without ejaculating yes Mm mm-hmm So if I see ejaculation, right, that may not necessarily mean that I came, right? It could just be, you know, okay. So, I mean, so what would you say to women who are struggling to, you know, find or grasp or understand how their orgasm might work? To really start just by exploring your body. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things in being comfortable enough to orgasm is to love your body, especially naked and to be foot comfortable in your own skin so that you're not concerned about if your tummy is jiggling or if your 
boobs are flapping off to the side when you're trying to have an orgasm because that's what happens a lot of times is that we're so concerned about what's happening that we're not focused on the pleasure and then we're not being in the moment. Mm -hmm. So the mental game is more important than anything. No, I call it the orgasm trifecta. The mental game is part of it, but you still need to look at the physical areas of your body, the pelvic floor, positioning, Mm -hmm. and then also where your hormone levels are and other biological things, medications and everything that you're taking as well can affect orgasms. Yes, they can. I'm on Zoloft right now. It sucks. I hate it. (laughs) I didn't realize how much I missed being able to like come until they put me on like Zoloft and I was like, no, it's terrible. It sucks. Don't go on Zoloft people. It's not worth it. You know, okay. So here's another one that could be interesting. Is there something wrong with me if I can't, no matter how hard I try? No, there's nothing wrong with you. A percentage of women, I think it's like 4% are anorgasmic and are unable to have a physically unable to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. But I teach a course called the orgasm experience and I have an orgasm guarantee. So if there's nothing physically wrong with you, I can guarantee that we'll get you through the course and that you'll have Mm -hmm. an orgasm. Mm -hmm. So, and for those who, you know, in the very small percentage who are anorgasmic, you know, are there still ways for them to enjoy, you know, toys and, you know, the act of masturbation? You can still experience the pleasure and, you know, touch brings oxytocin on. So any kind of touch that you're receiving from yourself or from a partner is going to give you some of those benefits. You're not going to get the full big release, but you're still going to get a lot of the benefits Mm -hmm. and getting your heart rate up and the stress relief. Yeah. All those neurochemicals and endorphins still work, even if you don't have an orgasm. Yeah. You know, question. I mean, where do you stand on co-masturbation, right? Where you masturbate with your partner, right? Obviously, we know the big one is 69, that there's others out there, right? So, you know, where do you stand with that? Yeah, I think it's a great way to learn how your partner likes to be touched and how you like to be touched. You know, we're all a little bit different. And a lot of times it's hard to articulate what you need or what you want. But if you can show your partner, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to understand. And it's sexy. Mm -hmm. You know, at first I used to think, oh, that's kind of weird. But, you know, now I'm like, oh, it's so hot to see. I've learned so much from my partners of how they touch themselves, how they liked their penis stroked, you know, how they like to be touched by doing mutual masturbation. Mm -hmm. And it takes the pressure off you say, hey, can you just do it for a little bit? I just want to watch you. (laughs) I know. It's like, I'm just going to sit here and like, you know, drink my glass of wine. You have fun, honey. I'll enjoy. So I just need a break for a minute, you know, (laughs) and men find it very hot as well, watching their partners, because Mm -hmm. it's something that has been taboo. And so it does increase kind of that hotness factor Mm -hmm. also. Okay, so what would you say to people that say that masturbation and toys make the vagina less sensitive or, you know, obviously the clitoris too, because, you know, it's not all the same thing. At the end of the day, there are parts to it. You know, what would you say to those people who are constantly saying, oh, if you masturbate too much or if you use toys too much, especially like high powered toys, such as like the wand, 
you know, and things like that, which tends to be a crowd pleaser over here. There's so many wand devotees on my other boyfriend is a vibrator. You know, what would you really say to those, you know, people who are saying it's, It's you know, no, it's not good for you. It's going to make you. (laughs) Because the clitoris is nerve endings. And so when you stimulate nerve endings, they react more. Mm -hmm. So, and once a woman has one orgasm, it's so easy, much easier to have a second, third, fourth. Mm-hmm. If you think about when you have a part of your body in a cast, let's say you have your hand in a cast and you don't use it for a while, six weeks or whatever, what happens? Then you can't feel your fingers. You have to relearn how to move your fingers. Those are the nerve endings that are not reacting. It's just like if we stop using any part of our body that has nerve endings, it's going to atrophy and not work as well. Yeah. And I suggest changing up your toys so that maybe you're not using the wand all the time, but you're using it on other parts of your body or move it down a little bit. The clitoris is much larger than we've always thought that it's not just one little gland. It's quite large and covers a good space. And so change it up, move it around, put a towel in between, you know, so that you are changing things up so that, you know, it's exciting for you as well. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Well, plus, I mean, the experience that I've kind of found is that sometimes I just feel like, you know, some toys just aren't even like strong enough for me too. Right. Yeah. I feel like I'm always the person that like maxes out the settings on whatever it is that I'm trying to use. And there are ones that like, if they just don't go high enough, I just get mad. I'm like, throw it away. I'm like, no, no. But I think obviously that's me. That's my personal preference, you know, at the end of the day. So here's our next question. You know, what kind of tips would you say for those, you know, who obviously, you know, let's say it's that time of the month, they're on the period, you know, they're looking for toys, they're looking for something they can use. What are the best tips to kind of take away for that time of the month? Shower sex is... And shower masturbation too. Yes, shower masturbation, a shower massager every mm-hmm. woman should have in their life. You know, that's an easy, doable thing. Having a waterproof blanket, knowing that it's just a bodily function, you can wear a menstrual cup or a tampon and still have, you know, feeling around your clitoris and, yeah. you know, shallow vaginal yeah. penetration still is very orgasmic. Okay. You couldn't use like a full like dildo or something if you had like a tampon or a cup in, but you could use something that would insert maybe like a G spot or something yes, like that. Absolutely. Okay. And nice. you know your partner's fingers work that way too, or your own fingers if you are very dexterous. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I am not. I have very short arms and boobs and a dummy, so it doesn't. I used to have massive boobs. I used to have like in cut boobs. So I was like, there was no getting, they were just there. They're not that big anymore. Thank goodness. So, okay. So, you know, I just a few more questions for you and then, you know, I'd love to, you know, let the listeners know where they can find your information. So is there anything wrong, you know, if you're just not in the mood and you don't want to masturbate? There's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. You have to honor your body. It's just like if you, Mm -hmm want to take a nap, take a nap. If you don't want to take a nap, don't take a nap, you know? So if you don't want to, that's fine, but know that you're losing out on a lot of health benefits. And the biggest thing that I see with perimenopausal women in, especially or after you've had a change in life, like childbirth or 
when you don't feel like having sex, Mm-hmm. then you stop having sex and then your hormone levels decrease even more mm-hmm. and then you don't yeah. have sex at all and it becomes a vicious cycle. So mm-hmm. sometimes if you don't feel like it, it's kind of like exercise. You just want to do it anyway because you'll feel better afterwards. You know, okay. I don't like to go to the gym ever or I'm sitting looking at my <laughs> exercise bike here like that hasn't been used for a long time and I'm like, oh, if I just get on it, then I know I'm going to feel better. <laughs> I feel your pain. I spend all day staring at our Peloton. <laughs> I don't use it. I don't use it. I'm like, it's way easier for me to use a vibrator than it is for me to yeah. use the Peloton. So that'll be my workout for the day, 100%. So, <laughs> well, you know, Tiffany, our listeners, where do they go if they want to find more out about you, about Entice Me or about, you know, your parties that you offer? Where do they go? They can go to enticeme.com. Or follow us on social media at Entice Me Soirees. They can always get a hold of us anyway that way. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested in any medical grade or completely, you know, Entice Me approved vibrators that they've, you know, completely vetted, they're safe for your body, they're safe to use, they're 100% silicone and or appropriate materials for your use, you know, go look at their website. They have an awesome selection and y'all have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, Hallie Catherine, you can follow me on Instagram at Hallie Catherine Romance, on Facebook and YouTube at Hallie Catherine Romance, and on Twitter at HK underscore Romance. Thanks again for joining us here on My Other Boyfriend is a Vibrator. I'll see you next time and stay kinky, y'all.